Zooms, I hate. I honestly. hate them too. Yeah, because too. it's like you can't get a like vibe. yeah, you can't get a vibe, and you mm-hmm. like can't connect with the person. And um, I just look much better in, in person. Same. Yeah. I mean, I look good over Zoom. Yeah. Well, I use the filter, so I actually well, you, you don't get yeah, you probably need to use a filter. Yeah. That's <laughs> Um, <laughs> so it's either one hour or, or two, two hours. That's right. Those are your options. I don't know. I think we're going to have to just see. We're just going to see. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, first okay. of all, uh, I'd like to start on July 22nd, 1980, when I was born. Great. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hi. You're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney and am uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, LA-based film composer, music producer, podcast host, and creative director, Joanna Ketcher. Her scores can be heard on various award-winning films and shows, including Emmy winner, Garbage Time with Katie Nolan. She's also the founder and creative director of Nice Manners, a boutique audio post-production house in Los Angeles. Joanna is the first guest we've had on that also had some philanthropy in her professional background by co-founding Amplify LA. I'm making her sound nicer than she is. I better know Joanna through mutual friends where we watched a show about dead dads together and I sobbed while she made fun of me then offered me a hug so our relentless sarcasm joined us and now we are here today after she bullied me into having her on the show because I just kept refusing and she was like please please put me on and I was like fine so Joanna tell us how you came up with music so quickly what drew you into composing what's your favorite part of entertainment tell us all the things Hi, Joanna. Jesus Christ <laughs> How am I supposed to fucking compete with that? You're like, ba beep ba ba doop ba boo. So uh, you want me to tell you how I came up with music so quickly? Yeah. For what? For literally anything. Like, if you have a deadline. Kate, look. <laughs> look, Kate, it's a gift. Oh, God. You know, go. you get it from the Lord. Honestly, I don't know. I, every time I start, it is like staring at a blank word document and I'm whisked right back to high school or any I'm just like help well I guess <laughs> I guess in two hours something will be here maybe you know what I mean like That's so honest literally every single time it's like I'm starting from scratch you know like yeah like I've done it sure and like it tends to work out mostly but like I don't know you know it's just that's the truth of it so you really like every time you're given a new project, you're like, oh, we are we are really at ground zero. We're really at ground zero. I mean, sometimes I get lucky and either the temp score is like really like in my wheelhouse or I can if the director is like, I'd love to get your thoughts. I'm like, yeah, cool. And then I just steer him right to a direction where I'm just like, I know I can knock it out of the park, you know, Um <laughs> No, usually, honestly, if if people prep their projects, they do a lot of pre-production and spend time with their editor and put in temp cues, that is, like, the most helpful thing. And then I can, like, get a vibe. Like, I can't read music and I play everything by ear and, like, that's – and that's the way that I think a lot of – composers kind of i have to say like film yeah no it's like cool pick the pick like the composer everyone knows you know what i mean have you heard of smith just kidding there's no smith um (laughs) there's probably a smith honestly but yeah so if i hear stuff it's really helpful and then i can you know i can kind of like get into it and then i'll 
<laughs> Honestly, uh, thank you so much for asking me about my creative process. Basically, if I like have an eight hour day, I'll dick around for seven hours, like kind of thinking about what I'm supposed to do and then like physically sit down and do because my brain simply will not work any other way. Yeah. Unless well, there's a deadline and then it's like, giddy up, bitch, you know. <laughs> That's how you have to do it. I've heard that, though, from so many people that do a type of entertainment that I don't understand. And I've mm-hmm. heard that from, like, PAs and set decorators and all these people who are, like, short of having a deadline, I will wander around my house. I'll clean my house. I'll oh do my this, God. that, and the other. Like, that's, that's the way part it goes. Of, yeah. I think also, like, if I'm lucky enough to get... Um, if I'm lucky enough to get music or references, like, in a, a bit in advance... I'll listen to them and then I'll go do something else for a couple days and they'll be like marinating a little Mm bit um, if I'm lucky. If my brain decides to play along. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't have any control over that thing. Are you kidding me? What what would happen if... So you steer a director, say worst case scenario, you steer the director in a certain way and you're like, boom, it's going to be sprinkly sounds. I don't know what the hell you how you guys talk. I love sprinkly sounds. Sprinkly sounds. Mm -hmm. And the director's like, no, I want violent, aggressive rock or whatever. Can you pivot in a way where you're like, okay, I guess violent, aggressive rock it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, damn, girl. Yeah. And and also, like, I'm lucky in that I have um, a sea of friends who are incredibly talented musicians with whom I can collaborate on things like you know like I can I can play guitar in the sense that like I can play a bar chord and like dick around a little bit but like I have friends who just absolutely shred and so I can if there's a budget I can hire them to I'll like literally I'll be like can you be like and they'll be like okay cool and then they'll just do it on a guitar you know so it's it's nice it's uh it can be Collaborative. I don't know if I should say that out loud. Yeah. Well, would you say that they're doing the heavy lifting though? For being yeah, I'd honest say I've never actually written a score in my life. There you life. go. Good for you. Yeah. At least for being honest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Backwards though, real quick. So, what it, what drew you to composing over any other form of entertainment, and why entertainment at all? Well, I think that's a weighted question, isn't it, Kate? Because yeah. is it over any <laughs> other form of entertainment? I'd actually like to step outside right now. Um, well, I have the same childhood story that every child has, which is that you're listening to uh, and watching Field of Dreams starring mm-hmm. Kevin Costner, scored by James Horner, and you don't know what a film score soundtrack is, and so you get your mini tape recorder and you record it you know, while it's playing, and then you race to the other side of the house and then plunk it out on the piano, and then your little heart is ablaze, and then that's all you can think about for the rest of your life. Literally everyone's story. It's, it's, it's such it's a every, boring presentation. It's every young boy's dream. <laughs> I yeah. do actually love that. Wait, why Field of Dreams? Like, why that over everything else? I don't know. I think it was just like, it was probably what I was consuming like at the time. And for whatever reason, that score resonated with me. And then James Horner, who scored that, became my favorite composer, RIP, Jimmy Horner. Also, Titanic, he scored. You might have heard of it. What? But yeah, it's about a fucking submarine that sinks. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. It was just like, I also get really like laser focused on stuff. And so I was like, obsessed. Like I wouldn't play I would just like sort of freestyle in the style of James Horner at the piano during that time based on the music from that film. That's so cool. And then I, I was probably like, 11, maybe. Well, did you ever get to meet him or work with him? No, but weirdly, uh, I did meet someone named Ian Underwood, who was a collaborator of his. And we kind of like had like composer lessons. I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. And he was very serious. He was like, all right, tell me what, <laughs> tell me what scores you have and tell me. And I was just like, I don't know. I got a field of dreams and like, uh, I'm not really sure. And he's like, you simply must know what you have. And I was like, I think I might be in the wrong place. I am. <laughs> 
fucking 15 gay. I'm out of my depth here. Yeah, I'm not ready to be serious at all. <laughs> and I haven't been since. So That's good. Well, at least you're failing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that drew you, so you, just music in general. Keep coughing though, that's good audio. Yeah, do um, you like that? Yeah, I do. Mm. Uh, so just, why music in general though? Because you're, you're moderately funny. So yeah. you could do Thank other you. things. So why music? That is a compliment and that was cut right on tape. <laughs> Um, I did ain't it. I, I music is like that's what that's my whole up until like I would say moving to LA really. Um like I always watched I was obsessed with SNL as a kid, it, like obsessed with like Kids in the Hall and all kinds of like sketch comedy shows and stuff. Um and I just it was just fun, you know, but I never ever considered like doing it really. Um but music was just like I was my my folks took me to piano lessons when I was three, and um, we were three. Do you, you have the dexterity to play piano at three? You did. You don't even know what these hands can do, Kate. Okay, Gaffney, Mozart. Honestly. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and and also like my dad's nickname for me was Noise Machine, just because I was constantly making noise, really. And I, he told me that like if there if if I was sick or there was something wrong, they would know because I would be very quiet, and they were like, "Let's whisk her." immediately to the to emergency the ER. room because she's gonna perish pretty soon <clears throat> yeah it was just always and it was just like i just felt i was just like so inspired always like i just wanted to learn every instrument like i could not another young boy's dream i could not wait to be in beginning band when i was in fifth grade because in sixth grade you can be in band and in fifth grade it's just like the sixth graders would come by and they perform and i was like holy fucking shit now that's cool you know what i mean how could you do band though if you couldn't read music so you literally would just hear it played it's a great 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 question great question you get a lot of those yeah uh i i um could get by but really i'm more just yeah i would just kind of listen to it and that's then play a crazy it back. skill joanna that's really you're underselling it that's hard well it's I just like if any musicians are listening to this, they'll be like, yeah, I can fucking do it. Like, I don't have perfect pitch. You know what I mean? But like, if you're like, here's a C and I want you to sing like, uh, you know, a major third over it. I can do that. Like, I have perfect relative pitch, but like, I can't just like pick a C, a C. out of the, sure, you know. Sure. So in the grand scheme of like the musicians of the world, it's like, great. Yeah. Most people can play by ear, you know. But I hate it when really <laughs> talented people do this. Like, I, I get what you're doing. I get it. because relative, not a, It's not a bit. I'm just saying. No, I know it's not a bit. No, I know it's so genuine. But I truly like you're enormous. Clearly enormously talented in this arena and so you're compa- this is what y'all do you're like well i'm not michael phelps swimming in the pool so like the no, I swim fucking, better than, like okay i'm much better than phelps but the laps that you know what i'm saying yeah. and like as far as composers go okay i mean i've compared you to mozart so whatever Thank but like you. i just don't th- i mean i guess it's hard to know that what you have is unique because it's just your story yeah but no it is i get unique. what you're saying i get what you're saying i i'm I feel lucky. Um, I feel really lucky that I can play by ear. It's like the skill that the single skill that has like gotten me through basically. Yeah. You know, if I couldn't, I'd be severely fucked. I wouldn't be doing this, you know. Yeah. Um, but I guess I just mean that I, I think like I think pretty much everybody who with whom I collaborate and, and my friends who are musicians, most of us can play by ear. That's and crazy. Not very many of us can read music, including music majors like myself who went through music theory in college and like conservatory kids who did that stuff. Like they just kind of couldn't. It's just it's weird. Well, at least you don't have a master's from NYU. Like that would be crazy if you that did. would be that would embarrassing. Be like, next that would level. be embarrassing. Yeah, good yeah. thing you don't. It is. It is. And if I did, let me tell you what it would get me. 
nothing. nothing. It is incredibly useless. <laughs> love you, NYU. If I did. Love that dead if you did. <laughs> if I did, yeah. yeah. But good thing that's not true. Um, okay, so tell us about Nice Manners and Amplify LA. I know those are two wildly different things, but start with Nice Manners. Okay, uh, Nice Manners is my uh, little baby audio post-production company. Oh, small. It's very small. It's about the size of a nickel. <laughs> and um, But it's, it's yeah, um, there's... Uh, Every blue moon, I'll get like a feature in. Like last year, I mixed um, this feature called Peekaboo, which was about Peekaboo Street that aired oh. on, I think it was on NBC, and it was pro- it was produced by like the Olympic Channel, like and um, Kennedy Marshall, whatever. For people um, who don't know, she's a professional skier, right? Peekaboo? Yes, yeah. yes, real and name she, and Peekaboo Street. Yeah. Also, like I remember her from when I was younger, and anyway. Um, so yeah, so like every now and again, and they're usually like docs and stuff, but um, for the most part, it's like mix in shows and and commercials and promos and shit like that okay and it, it's me and a little you know uh i was gonna say grove what do you call it a little collection of uh freelancers grove oh I'm, you're I'm gotta say grove. freelancers <laughs> you're crows now i love it okay yeah. fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. and your crow friends freelance together yeah we do okay. we freelance together yeah and it's fun i mean because i i got into it because i was like well like as you mentioned when i was at nyu i was like i'm gonna need a job otherwise this is not gonna this is gonna suck (laughs) yeah yeah so basically like after interning and assisting i ended up like starting work at this at this post house and then that's like the trajectory that it took while all the while i was like all right cool this is gonna lead to film scoring though for sure because i'm around studios and around audio equipment and like i'm sure that this is gonna here's the thing it doesn't and it won't it's it's just like if you're seen as like a a post mixer like (sighs) that's what you are this is what I hate about entertainment. You, yeah. you can only be a one-trick pony. Yeah. And it's frustrating. Yeah. And I don't even like ponies. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Murder them all. You're, you're yeah. a crow. You could eat, pet yeah. your eyes Abs- Absolutely, yeah. I could. Mo yeah, would yell hard. at me right now because I'm hitting. She's always like, stop hitting your fucking knee. And I'm just well, like. You can hit your knee. But if you if you do the <clears throat> one more time in the mic, I may just leave. That so is. It is like. I don't know. Is it like a nervous tick? Yes. I do it all the time. And do, the, really? in the do you pod. edit it out for yourself Absolutely. for your podcast? Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to do this for you. You're making this a nightmare. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. Okay, <laughs> so that's so you have a post production company. Yeah. So that's you and your crows together. Mm-hmm. So uh, how can people like can do you just get people just dropping projects into your lap, being like, hey, you know, we've heard of you, or how does that work? Um. Uh. Yeah. Now. Now it's like word of mouth, just because you know, a people are nice and b. I've worked with, you know, like I was saying, our mutual friend Megan from NBC has then introduced other producers and whatever. Yeah. Um, Former guest of the podcast, Megan Deneen, go listen to her episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's a dreamboat. But yeah, uh, it's, yes, it's very fucking lucky in that way. It was not always like that. Yeah. But yeah. It takes a while. How long before you were like, this can float itself? Uh... When I when I started it, I had been working with one like kind of small uh, commercial agency in New York, and we'd been doing a ton of work together, and we were really close friends. And I was like, "Listen, I think I'm going to strike out on my own. Are you? Will, would you come with your old pal Joe?" And they were like, "Yeah, totally." And they were loyal, and like they made me for like the first year or so, basically, and they kind of kept me afloat. And then slowly you know little by little i started getting other work but it was probably yeah it was probably like a year and a half before i listen i don't want to be like i don't have to worry about it at all but it was just you know before i like that hit hit its stride a bit yeah yeah yeah. and then tell people about amplify la oh amplify la was um something that my uh friends pete lilia royce 
and Emma started with myself and it was uh uh it's not active so much now but it was kind of like the beginning of the pandemic kind of at the height of the BLM movement we were going to a lot of protests and saw that no one could really hear shit like there were megaphones but like the protest has gotten so large that it just didn't cover enough. Um, so we started providing like, basically it looked like a little like karaoke system, you know, a little rolly thing is how it started. And then we started getting people to like donate speakers to us and like uh, blue microphones started giving us shit. And so we were able to like give groups and community leaders, people of color, their own system so they could like, you know, do their events and stuff without us having to be there. And it became like, yeah, it was it it was great, I, helpful. I think hopefully. I want to be clear though, like it it doesn't make you a good person. I just it's a thing that, that. probably other people did the heavy lifting on. I know, and that. then okay, cool. I just yeah. wanted to be clear. Okay, great. I also want to be clear when I was just like it was helpful and it did. It. I mean, like honestly, it was helpful to the five of us mostly <laughs> because you wanted we to were hear. in. <laughs> We, we wanted to hear what everyone was saying and also like it also we were all i think in varying states of pits of depression at that time sure. and Relatable. it was really nice to be able to be involved in like actually do something purposeful yeah yeah i get it yeah well it's good now you told on yourself i'm glad we're clear yeah okay great yep um okay Not so get great. us up to today so you so you run a production house <laughs> studio we're never getting through this kate look into my eye i won't do it <laughs> So you run a production studio. Yeah. You also, are you attached to anything else or is it truly your own business is, is, is how people find you? Yes. That's that. awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I work with a company in Portland called Marmoset. They're fucking great. They do a lot of like licensing of pre-existing tracks and they also are a label um, and they also do like, you know, original music and stuff like that. So um, every now and again, I'll do like a original music demo for them. But I also, I have like a, a music project that I started with them called Charm School that is basically like uh, kind of like a weird um, like a weird like hip hop like MIA kind of vibe thing and also just strange basically like anything you would hear on like the Broad City soundtrack is kind of like a big inspiration for it so yeah but aside from that yeah it's it's um, the film score stuff is just me and Nice Manners is that's so dope. Yeah. Okay. And then, so I also buried the lead. I mentioned that you have a podcast and I feel like we should hear about the funnier co-host that you have yeah. with you who yeah. does the heavy lifting there as well. Yeah. Um, so the funnier, uh, that was for you, God but I tried, I America. did, I really, God bless America. I really, I was trying to not in. do it. I'm straight up leaving them in. Go would ahead. you, would you like to, uh, uh, Mo Welch is the, the funnier person to Agreed. be sure. Agreed. Um, she's just mostly much better at everything, yeah. but it was Mo's con. I think she started it in 2019. It's called come out, come out. And it is about people's coming out stories. And she it was on audible and then she decided to like be lazy or whatever during the pandemic and she was like oh i'm having a kid or something dumb like that and then it kind <laughs> of fell off yeah, yeah i was like oh cool what a role model and then <laughs> she wanted to pick it up again and i feel like tricked me into co-hosting with her probably yeah. yeah and so now we're doing we're doing a new kind of like version of it Okay. But similar, basically the same concept. Got it. Same concept. Yeah. Okay. And so people come, do you guys seek out or do you folks seek out people or do you, do people come to you and say, Hey, I'd love to tell this story on like, is it a mix? Cause yeah. I find getting guests is the, is a really tough. It is. Thing. Yeah. Um, we initial, well, for the most part, yeah, we seek out. What am I saying? No one's like knocking our door down. But now that it's been out for, I don't know, a couple months or something, um, people have like, will DM us about, their their stories and it's 
fucking awesome. I was gonna say that's kind of lovely. Like you get to read all those stories. That's really lovely. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's the podcast, and yeah. then uh, at the end, we'll go at your socials and see where pe- people can see you. So you and give out my social security number. Um, yes. Okay. Uh, also, your mother's maiden name and your first pet. Yep. Okay. Well, folks, this won't be getting any better. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed your apps. We're going to go on to the entrees after a quick break. It's going to be a long break. Uh, okay. This now is a, a break uh, where you run out. And never I come literally back. was going to say, like, <laughs> well, that's a wrap. We got like twenty minutes. We're good. They get the idea. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so I know you're a diehard fan of the podcast and you've listened to every episode. Every so I don't episode. need to explain this to yeah. you. Nope. But I will. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed your app. Oh, no, I already said that. Jesus. That was my fault. I'm We're sorry. We're back. No, it's okay. We're back and now it's time for the entrees. Okay, so the entrees, I, this is the questions. You know this part because you love the podcast. Yep. Uh, so the question you already know is coming. What was your first job ever that you, where the government was taking taxes out of your, out of your I, uh, I, I wore this job with a badge of pride. Uh, my first job ever was at Blockbuster Video. What? Yeah. Shout out to Carl Tart, former guest of the podcast, who's on Netflix's version of the of Blockbuster. Oh, that shit. Is that, yes. Dude, I saw that. He's the best human ever. He beats both of us. Uh, so shout out, Carl. So I didn't know that's what you were going to say, and now I have 6,000 questions. But you go ahead. So tell me. <laughs> so, so Blockbuster, where? It was a Blockbuster in Lake Oswego, Oregon. Are you from, are, is that where you're, you're from, Oregon? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I was 15 years old. The year was 1995. Don't worry about it. That's how old I am. <laughs> Don't do the math. <laughs> uh, you know what? That sh- I started to, I was going to watch that show, but I just, I was really hoping that they were going to represent Blockbuster in the way that it, it was appropriate, you know? Which would have been? Just making sure that, uh, you know, your new releases were lined up, the returns were rewound, you know, you had to do that shit by hand, not by hand, but in the machine. Wait, so what would you do if, if someone, the please be kind rewind thing, mm. would you find people if they didn't rewind or how did that I work? I would. Just kidding. You, no. I <laughs> you're like 10 barely spoke. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no, you just like, you'd toss them in the little rewind. Do you remember the little like the, VHS rewinders? The auto re- the, that you'd put it in the thing? Yes. Yeah. Our neighbors had one. It, it was, was a one trick pony. You put yeah. it in, it rewinds. That's all it does. That's all it does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you were, but at 15, I feel like, was that legal working age? No, I shouldn't have been working. So, so how did like it happen? Can we get my parents on the phone, yeah. please? <laughs> beep, boop, beep, beep, beep. Yeah, no, I was, maybe I was 16, but I was, yeah, I, no, it was, I was 15. Um, I think it probably was, it was, you know. No, I'm, some states working, like all you would have to do after 13 years old was just have your parents say, I allow this child labor to happen, yeah. essentially. <laughs> so. This is amazing. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, my parents, was like, it, there was no option. It was just like cool well it's summer now and you're gonna work 100 you know 100 i was like find something to do as they say yeah i don't feel like i like that i don't <laughs> like how that sounds but i'll i guess sure yeah wait so they hire your quiet introverted self to Incredibly like quiet. to so were you what would you what would you have set sales associate i mean what's the job yeah i think i think customer service rep you know Ooh. Uh, just your classic customer service rep. It was, and unfortunately, um, my friend Justin Burge was also hired, same age as me. And then my friend Grant Williams, who was one year younger than me, was also hired. And the three of us were the biggest gaggle of boobs you've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't, I don't, you know, like, I feel like we probably were all just like, yes, of course, absolutely. And good day to you during the interview. And then we were just like, I don't know what's up. (laughs) It was a fucking disaster. Wait, who got hired first? Uh, I think we actually all got hired at the same time because we That's were opening, it was a new store in this like little, like, uh, what do you call it? Like shopping area. 
Yeah. Shout out to one of my best friends, Lita. She and I applied for a job together and we just kept our fingers crossed. We're like, this would be the most fun thing ever if we got to work together. And we did. And shame on them. They should have never done that. But they did. Uh, That's the best when you're a teenager and you're just like, I just want more time with these humans I get to be myself with. Yeah. That's such a fun gig. (laughs) I just like, yeah, sorry, we'll get into it. But no, no, say get there. Just basically the the setup of the store was, um, it would, you know, your classic counter and then the rows of videos. And then in the back, there was a two it was like a clearly an office with like a two-way mirror kind of a thing of course and um the the manager's name was marianne and she put up with our shit beautifully i don't know how old she was she's like a timeless whatever but grant and i would do this thing where we would call (laughs) call marianne in the office we'd be like uh hey marianne can we have a question can you just look out at the front desk really quickly and then i would be leaning against one counter and he would be leaning against the opposite counter and he would like throw his legs up over my shoulders and we thought that were was like the funniest thing we had ever seen and then she would laugh and then that w- our that's job was needed. done that's all you needed yeah as you know that was our job actually wasn't done we actually hadn't done our job at all at all not a single bit yeah so she giggled and that was like she did yeah yeah she did please indeed. do your job oh my god <laughs> wait so they trust a bunch a gaggle of 15 year old crows mm. they were like you guys are good so stay in the front it was me and two boys actually that's insane yeah, to me. Yeah. Like, and that they were just like, okay, do your thing. So what was, so you were hired knowing you were going to have to rewind videos, mm. chat with people. Mm-hmm. What, what were the like? And check them out. You know, and that was it. And rent a movies and shit. Okay. Yeah. Did this Black Brister video have a special section that people could go into? Uh, no, it didn't. Sadly, that was uh, best kept for Captain video over there on the other side of town. Wait, is that real? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah why not work there because you probably weren't legally allowed to. well I, yeah probably especially not in the, <laughs> not, the place with, with the beads that yeah. you pull apart to enter you know what i mean <laughs> that sounded you know Neat. um Neat. no there wasn't but there i mean there definitely when mo and i have talked about this too there were definitely like the kind of like very small gay and lesbian they called it sections where i would just like walk past blindly and i was like i shouldn't look over there but i don't know why i don't Aww. i don't want to but i do but i don't you know oh yeah. that's a- <laughs> That's a sad story. I'm so sorry to bring it down. Get out of here. Yeah. Trying to keep it happy. Okay, so Blockbuster Video is your first job. Mm-hmm. How Was that just summer to summer? Like they hired yeah. you as just a summer job? Yeah, yeah. Because it's weird to me when these places that are open year-round... I mean, I got hired for summer work too, and I'm like, how did they... How do they do that? Like they... I don't know, but I know that they were staffing. They were like, they needed more people because they were opening the store. So we had to do like one-time tasks that we would later never do, you know, like stocking the shelves and putting shit away and like inventory and what have you. And also, I think it was inventory once a month. And that started after the store had closed, which was like 1130. And my mom, yeah, PM. My mom was like, Joey, there's no way that I'm letting you do that. You are 15 years old. I was like, okay, well, all the other kids. And she was like, I don't care what the other kids are doing. So she would come by and she would pick me up. I basically had a note from my mom being like, sorry, I can't stay. You got a good mama. That's so sweet. Man, that's a good deal. Okay, and it then, killed me. I wanted to stay you, of course, so badly. Because you're with your friends. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to look like a dick, you know? Okay, when you were there, mm. would you get to decide what movies were played like in the store whilst you were there? Oh, my God. Well, uh, technically, no. It was supposed to... This actually is bringing back uh, memory. And I don't know if you ever came across this, but it was like basically a, a, a sampler that we would play. So it was like... It was just like a bunch of trailers of like oh, new releases oh, oh. on loop though you know so like Ugh. you would hear you know uh 
God, what the fuck was coming out? And like, you own. know, like the like the devil's own or some shit. And it was just like over and over and over. And then there was music in between. Oh, that would make me crazy. It was. Did I mention that I uh, play it by ear and I hear I hear all the? It was like oh, a certain kind of torture. Note. Oh it was my! A certain God. kind of torture. Yeah. Would you go home and just like match it on the piano? I just I try not to pass away when I went home. I yeah. mean, yeah, <laughs> match it on the piano. I first became interested in film scoring from the. <laughs> The torture is job. The blockbuster I had sizzle old. reel from 1995. <laughs> Shout out to Blockbuster in Oregon. Uh, okay, so you so you do that summer to summer. I do it summer to summer. Yeah, and then yeah, I guess, and then I just went, went to, to college, college yeah. or something. You tricked them into letting you in. Okay. I did. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> how many customer service jobs would you say you've had total? Oh wait, actually, wait, don't answer that yet. Okay. At Blockbuster, was mm. there ever a time where people got like emotional about a movie not being there or something? You, you're nodding. It's good. It's yeah, an audio I, there's. I can't, it's it's all kind of like meshing into one. But people were pissed. They would be pissed because they wouldn't. Usually, it was because like you would get the old movies that were like a seven day rental, no problem. I forgot about the limits. If yep. it's a new release, you only get it for what two, one three, fucking one day. day. Some of them were one. Some of them were two. Woo! I think. Oh, what a different time. And then I, you could you could call and be like, hey, do you have this movie in? And if not, when's it coming back? And so then people would call. You could put it like you could hold it for them. And if you held it for a, and that fucking thing wasn't there, and especially in Lake Oswego, Oregon, by God, oh. you better watch out. Wait, for real? For yeah, real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, what, would, would, be they would just scream at some 15-year-old mm. mm. for something you couldn't control? That's correct. Now, uh, I will say that there were a few times when I put it on hold and forgot, <laughs> forgot to, to put it. it on hold. So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, maybe I messed up. Who can remember? Let's not split hairs. But, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so when you were doing that, mm. what would they, so they would come in and they'd be like, you told me this movie was going to be here. And yeah. like, so w- was it because the proximity of where that blockbuster was, was such a hike for some people? It, you know what it was, Kate Gaffney? I think it was <laughs> okay. more the general vibe of Lake Oswego, Oregon at that time. Oh, I got to know. Which is a very homogenous, uh, white, affluent community. Uh, and they wanted their coffees and they wanted mm-hmm. them now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep. Listen, everyone who lives in Lake Oswego, God bless. And and you yeah. know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And there's a lot more, a lot more. There's a touch more diversity there, you know, now. Yeah. But and also, like, I feel like it's easy to take it out on a kid, kind of. You know, I feel like adults, because we really, I when you like look at pictures, when you look at pictures of 15 year olds, that didn't come out right. But like, <laughs> they, they're so little, they're babies, they're so fucking young, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, but um, I just can't imagine. Can you imagine losing it? On, I can't imagine no. losing it on a fifteen-year-old at no. fifteen. No, like, I can't. It's like also over movies. I know this is this is what this podcast was born out of. Was but people dude, it just was losing like, it for stupid shit. Yeah, but also like there was there was no anything else. Like there was no net. There was no stream. It was like sure. that was your entertainment. Yeah, and if you like had a family evening planned and it was fucked, then you're you, fucked. And now you got to deal with your kids. You got to deal with your kids. You got to talk to your husband who you hate. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Sounds like torture. Because you're gay, probably. <laughs> Let's be real, real. talk. <laughs> okay, so uh, how many customer service jobs? Well, I, I keep trying to ask this question, but then you I think of Kate. more. Okay, with Blockbuster, yes. though. Was there some sort of policy of like, okay, uh, new releases have to be on this particular shelf for this long? So you would have to rotate stock. Yeah. Well, it was more like... 
creepy. There was a new release wall, you know. Of course. And But we would have to make sure that, like, the the bottoms of the boxes were pulled out at, like, a, a rakish 35-degree angle or whatever and just make sure. And then also, of course, my friends would come in and fuck with me and they would just go boom, 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 boom and, like, push them all in <gasps> because they were dicks. God. But, I mean, I would have done the same thing, of you course. know. Yeah. It's a good get. Yeah. It was the first time that I learned how to say the word rendezvous, and I'll tell you why. Because there's a movie called Rendezvous in Paris. And, uh, oh, no, Kate, you know, you know, fucking know what it was. Mm. People would get pissed because they would go to check out a movie and they would have movies that were late or they had a late fee and you couldn't check it out until you paid the late fee. Sure, of course. And that's that's when that's when shit got heated. And that's when Marion had to come on down from the two way mirror office and yeah, and take care of business. It was great. And what say to them like, oh, you know, we're sorry. She was the absolute queen of calm. It was incredible. She was, you know, they would be like, where the, I need you to, this is ridiculous. You know, they would just like fly off the handle and she was like, okay, I totally hear what you're saying. What would you like me to do? What can I do to make this better? Like everything that you're supposed to do as a customer service person, she, she was did. crushing. We oh. would all just stand there and be like, yeah, Marianne. You, you think you could tag go. her in? or Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so would she, so she'd come fix it. Then would these people inevitably pay because they wanted the yeah. movie? Yeah. So why it, make it, it to do? And wasn't it only it like two, three with bucks? Them yeah, like yeah. you lose and you look like an ass. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Okay, now I'll ask it. How many customer service jobs have you had total? Uh, I think I think you're looking at uh, six. Wow. Okay. What were they? Oh shit. Hold on. So I wrote it down and I missed one entirely. So seven. Yeah. No, that was that was six that I just thought of. Okay. So blockbuster. Blockbuster. And then right the summer before I went to college, I worked at G.I. Joe Sports and Auto, which no longer exists, but was basically like a dick sporting goods. What I gotta know. <laughs> I gotta know what that training was like. And did y'all sell guns? Uh yeah. And there were you, some guns up in that piece. Did you get because you were probably too young? You wouldn't be able to sell them? Uh certainly not. No, I was 17 years of age and I worked in athletic shoes, for which I was absolutely not qualified. <laughs> why did you pick athletic shoes i didn't have a choice <laughs> and also like i was playing sports and i was like well that's a great fit sure i can throw a ball i can sell out. a shoe not a problem <laughs> same 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 skill set absolutely okay yeah were you attracted to working there because you were like i play sports so this just makes sense i thought you were gonna it- say were you attracted to any of your coworkers? and i was like yes and we dated um well i'm so sorry don't answer the question i just asked <laughs> answer that question so tell me about that well so the do you remember when Ticketmaster... I have no fucking idea how old you are, but... I'm 25. Thank okay. you so much. Wow, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I thought you were 26. So I thought you were 26. Um, so rude. I, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm like not saying sweating it on the mic. now. I'm um, not saying it on the mic. Go. What was I saying? Oh, there used to be... Uh, there was a Ticketmaster inside the G.I. Joe's. So it was like, if you needed to... Like a, like a to sell tickets. That's such a weird combination. Well, they were in... They were like little outlets inside you know, inside your your Sears or like your Macy's or I they had like a little like booth basically. Was that unique to Oregon or is no. this a, really? Yeah, I yeah, did yeah. not know that this was a thing. I think it I think it ended I think it ended being a thing like um in the early two thousands maybe. That's so so it's something I should know it's so interesting. I don't remember ever seeing that. So there, were you attracted to working to the, at the Ticketmaster booth then or you were like No, Kate Gaffney, what happened was uh Jacob, whose name whose last name I don't remember, uh started kind of like I would walk by and he would like he would make jokes or he would like he'd be like (laughs) he'd be like hey cutie and I'd be like oh and he was like I'm sorry I was talking to myself and I was like hey Jacob nice he had no idea that that was catcher bait you know what I mean yeah make fun of me 
enemy That's in. That's in. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So then we like we dated, but the whole but with with Ticketmaster, it was like I spent nights in line for tickets outside, you know, because the tickets would like go on sale. At a certain time. At a certain time. And there was simply no other way to get the tickets other than like physically being there in person. Sure. So you would like camp out. Oh, I kind of, it's a simple, like when you think back on those times, isn't it kind of like, oh, like it it was a hassle, I guess, but there was more community bonding because stuff wasn't easy to get. Yeah. You become pals with the people in front of you and behind you. It's like, it's like the REI sale now, how people camp out for that, like the (laughs) annual sale or whatever. Oh yeah. People, oh, well, at least in St. Louis, it was a big deal. Anyway, but go back to, so, so Jacob is flirting with you. Right. Jacob's flirting with me. Is this whilst you're already employed at GI Joe's? It's whilst I'm already employed and it's your class straight boy lesbian romance where the lesbian doesn't know she's a lesbian yeah that was my uh, last foray into the uh anyone owning a, a penis yeah um owning one i'll die dick parade is i will die that is what i said uh wait so he's flirting with you but but so you're already employed but yeah. why would because you're definitely not answering my question so i'm I'm so sorry what is your question well what made you pick working there oh 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 wow that's a great question um i have no fucking idea probably the other reason is because you could buy lift tickets i was a big snowboarder in high school and you could buy lift tickets also at gi joe's and so like i was kind of just like in and around there like i was sporting around i was buying concert tickets i was buying lift tickets and it was just like why don't i work here yeah you know and i think they were hiring and just who knows it kind of made sense whatever no that actually i mean proximity is such a big thing when you're a teenager too because you're like i'm not my if i'm not driving my parents aren't about to give me like fucking a ride that's an hour away (laughs) yes yes totally yeah i think it was like a 12 minute ride from my house or something no mm, mm, that's a great detail i'm so glad you shared that you want to know what you know what i i know that you're glad that i shared that and the other detail that i'm going to share is that at that time in my life i had a pager no, you did it. Right on my hip. Yeah. And Jacob would text me um, like little like little like at symbol at symbol just to, to like make a rose. You know what I mean? Oh, mm-hmm. Jacob. Have, do we do we have we seen Jacob? Jacob? No, no. And I will say that um, Jacob and I would um, he was a wrestler in high yeah. school and also a skateboarder, which was you know, he was a real cutie. And we would like wrestle around. <laughs> Which, if that wasn't a sign, I simply don't know what is. For him, too, though. Well, I mean, <laughs> who knows? for who anyone. Knows? For, for anyone who's paying attention at yeah. all. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, no, I haven't talked to him since, like, my freshman year of college. He's like, I get to make out with my best guy friend. This is the best <laughs> shit ever. <laughs> and you're like, do I like this? I'm not sure I like this. Oh, yeah, no. It's like, okay. why do I want to spit after we're done making out? <laughs> We, we're going to get derailed. Okay, so G.I. <laughs> Joe's, I will never call it by its full name because I just want to keep saying G.I. Joe's. So you start working there. That Are you doing that simultaneously with Blockbuster? Oh, no. Okay. No, no. Okay, go. But, okay, so go back to your list. So, okay. GI, so Blockbuster was one. G.I. Joe's is two. Yeah. Keep going. Okay, right. Uh, do you want these in like chronological order? I mean, that'd be ideal, but nobody's going to be able to fact check it. So, so. Um, I'm probably missing one, but then I, went okay. to, then I went to college and then, oh, well... Like being a summer camp like coach doesn't count. Oh, right? I count it. Does it? Parents are fucking nightmares. Yeah, yeah, it was actually a great job. I worked for Skyhawks sports camps, and I started as a coach. You could be a coach or director, and if you're a coach, you have your little group, and you're there from like whatever seven, eight to three. And oh. if you're a director, there's one director per camp, and you fucking pull up the lawn chair and you just watch all the coaches do grueling work all day. And that was that was the, that was the move. So that's I was doing that during summers between 
college like semesters or whatever i want to point out you are the only other guest that i've spoken to that did day camp directing and i did it in downtown st louis after college and i got screamed at (laughs) by people who didn't look like me about a lot of things Uh and i cried almost every day that job i hated it i'm so sorry no thank you uh i want to make this about me um but i i love that you loved it and that you got to just kind of ghost it was cool also it was like a real hotbed of lesbian activity oh was it really yeah and i still i wasn't out at that time but like um you know like we would go i went to the the like the intro meeting basically (laughs) i was just looking around and i was like oh these girls are like me in a way and i don't know what way that is (laughs) But something feels familiar. <laughs> Truly. I was just like, oh, they're like sporty. Like they're, they, they strut around. <laughs> they like know lacrosse I mean? and short hair. What's the fucking, who cares? Yeah, totally. I, wait, how, not that this is about that, but like. They how, smirk, when did they you... lean. All the telltale signs of a homosexual. <laughs> yeah. When did you realize, when were you like comfortable in that identity? Or when did you know that was, this is not about that. But No, I'm no, it's fine. I mean, when I, when I was participating in uh, queer things versus when <laughs> I... I guess you were like, I guess I'm into this. Yeah, I was like, I, you know, versus like when I actually came out, there's like a year or two discrepancy there. But, That's um, okay. Nobody's fact checking. Yeah, yeah. You're no, right. I was like, I was 21. Oh, you were, that was late in the game. Yeah. Aww. It was pretty late. Okay, I'm going to say off six more times and make, I'm really... Well, there was just, there in- was no, can I ask you a question? No. Okay. Uh, I, well, no, live your life. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, are you worried about time? Like, am You're I so taking sweet. too long? Um, no, this is actually okay. Are you okay to do two hours sure. then? Sure. Okay, great. This is actually perfect because I can pace it. Yeah. And I want to hear all these stories. Um, <laughs> they're not great. They're not, but it's are time you- <laughs> filler. I just, need, I just need guests, so it's fine. Okay, so uh, what? where were we at? Um, we were talking about me being gay because you are, like, obsessed with my life story. That's I right. Guess, so. Okay, wait. Gay, but before gay, uh, you were... Oh, oh, oh yeah, camp yeah. directing. Skyhawks. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so so you said the normal trajectory was go from coach to director. Yes. Was that in between two summers, or was that same summer that they were like, yo, we see potential somehow in you? I don't remember. I, I did not take very long. I, I really did like coaching, though. I loved did coaching you? the little nubs because they were so cute and just like... We all kind of had like the same level of intellect and intelligence and general um, and that's still maturity. True. Yeah, that's still true. And that's still t- yeah, the yeah. case, to yeah. be sure. Yeah. So you, but what were you coaching specifically? A sport you already played? Oh, great question. Great, great question, Again, Kate Gaffney. I'm well, uh, I started coaching soccer because I played soccer. Oh. And then what happens is they'll throw in a unit like roller hockey. Now, can I skate? Fuck no. <laughs> and so I had to come up with a story. It was like, Coach, why are you skating? I'm like, Oh, you, tw- you know, like I broke my ankle <laughs> when I was like five yeah no what like last week when i was like competing so i gotta stay off it but here's a really intense like obstacle course that you need to do 50 times so then at lunch you'll shut the fuck up and fall asleep basically <laughs> just tiring them out it really i was like, like let's play indy 500 and they're like what's that and i'm like running you just fucking skate your ass around the parking lot <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So your trajectory. So then you moved to director. Yeah. And that this is post college, during college. Where are we? This is this this is no. This is during college, but it's like in the summertime. In the summers. Okay. Now, so that's job three. That's job three. Three more. What are the other three? Yeah. Um, the other we're just done with. Okay. Um, I don't care that much. Fair enough. Yeah, Yeah. That's fair enough. I have more questions about the camping, but we. This is actually that was actually there's actually seven. Okay. So, uh. 
also during call, like also during school, not during summer. Um, there were a couple different restaurant jobs that were kind of concurrent because I got fired from some of them. Okay, don't tell me the firing story yet because okay. that's a question later. Okay, okay. Just let's just go through the list because okay. there's more questions to come. So you okay? Keep okay, okay. Because okay. you're a fan of the podcast, so you already know this, so it's a little yeah. uncomfortable that I have to keep explaining. This, I know it's okay. I'm this is, so incredibly sorry. You've listened to but all. But what I do like episodes. is the sound of your sultry, sultry voice. So I like to hear it as Such much as a wise ass. Yeah. Okay, Give so. I worked at Round Table Pizza for a second. I worked oh. at the Parkway, uh, which is a wine and beer bar in Tacoma, Ooh. Washington. This is all in Tacoma, Washington. Okay. I worked at E9, Engine House 9, a bar in Tacoma. Okay. Um, and then I worked at the Spar, S-P-A-R, uh, also like a bar restaurant kind of place. Oh, my God. And I also worked at Porter and Stouts. How could I fucking forget Porter and Stouts? Oh, okay. fuck. And then I also worked for 107.7 The End as a world-famous modulator. Jesus Christ. How did I forget about that? Wait. Yeah. What the fuck's a modulator? Yeah, that's a great question. It still doesn't make any sense. It's basically like the radio station's street team. Is, oh, my is God. You were probably so much fun. Okay. That wasn't great. Uh, wait. Okay. So we have... That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine if we count the... So I'm counting nine. <laughs> yeah. I think that's... One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's nine. Okay. Yep. So, <laughs> dear God, I have so many questions. Okay, at the at the bar at the bar jobs that you had, were you yep. a bartender, server? What was your what were you there? I was um, the hype man that would just tell people to sit down, and shut. Yeah, up. Okay. I was at um, at the Parkway. I was a bartender, and it again it was just bar. It was just beer and wine. Are you talking yourself into these jobs, or would you lie about experience? Because, like, I think because my restaurant experience is based out here, and I had to murder puppies to be able to get the <laughs> any kind of restaurant job out here. Like, were yeah. you just like, hey, hey, everybody, I'm so fun i'm mozart yeah can i just compose music and like bartend or how did you fucking how do you do that that's a great question well it might <laughs> shock you to know that the job market in tacoma washington is not as cutthroat as it is in los angeles <laughs> um so it what? was not as difficult as you may think and also i mean this was in like 2000 probably or like oh. 1999 or something like that and i have no fucking idea how i got that job probably like you know, I think I probably at some point was just like going from place to place being like, hey, are you hiring? And I would like fill out an application. But it was one shift a week, you know, it, oh, was, sure. it was like the Sunday night shift, which was fun, which it's a dope shift. Actually, I like working nights at Sunday yeah. nights at a restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the only place where I bartended. And the other places were like, uh, like p- kind of like pub, like restaurant, pub, grub kind of places. Of serving or bartending? Serving. Excuse me. Those were all like serving jobs. OK. These were concurrent with college or did you after college college, okay these are all within the confines of the college era okay but you so some of these were in new york then oh no that's masters yeah your undergrad was Mm -hmm. in washington yeah okay yep so uh okay what was your favorite of all of those jobs uh of every single one we've talked about yes um i don't care about what you do now understood yeah totally i would say blockbuster's up there really yeah oh, blockbuster yeah, was so fun it was yeah. so fun and then i would say um working for the end the radio station had its had its moments i really liked i really liked bartending though it was okay. so fun because especially on sunday nights you just like get your regulars who came in and you were just you know 
So to be clear, I'm not going to get a straight answer with that. It's just a bunch of jobs tied for first. So Blockbuster was my favorite. Thank you. Yep. Uh, I need to know about Modulator. Okay. How? Yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? It was. It's like, it's a word that they decided to associate with the street team. And the, <laughs> on the, like, you would hear, they would talk about, I don't even know if they exist anymore, but it would it would be like, come to Enfest, and if you find one of our world famous modulators, you can get a t-shirt if you say like this, you know, so we're That's like... That's fun. That's that, so fun. That kind of... You would have been not good actually at that you would have you would have been you would have been fucking great at that it was just like i would have it's so funny i i shat the bed on an interview in san diego for a radio job doing essentially this because i went like all buttoned up like i wrote this ridiculous email to get the job and and then i go in for the interview and i was so buttoned up and they were all in like jeans and t-shirts and i was in business casual (laughs) and i kept it so stiff and i was like why didn't i get the call back it's like yeah because i was a stiff asshole yeah wait i want to read the definition of modulator according to the Google's okay. <laughs> a modulator. A modulator is an electronic circuit that superimposes a low frequency signal onto a high frequency signal for the purpose of wireless transmission. So that's what you did for the radio. That's, that's what I, yeah, that's what I did for the radio. That's, that's some that's good. that is a that is a word that comes up in the the music industry. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, different kinds of modulation. There is. I'm so sorry, Kate Gaffney. There's what? actually one more job. Jesus, this is what happens though. Everybody does this. So but, you're up to ten. But here's the thing: ten is goals. it's not. It's not a customer service job. Well, tell me what it is. Uh, I was a teacher assistant, and then I was teaching kids music. I was a music teacher for elementary a, school. A thousand percent customer service. Again, anywhere where you have to deal with parents. Because I feel like there's a customer that oversees, yeah. and you have to interact and yeah. justify your existence. Yeah. That, to me, is customer service. And you okay. are, I mean, I guess the students are the customers, mm-hmm. but it's really the parents <laughs> on their nightmares. Yeah, that's true. Did you love it? fucking loved it i would be doing it right now if i didn't have a freak out when i was 22 years old wait what was the freak out about i was just like i'm 22 and i love this job but i simply can't do that and wake up and be 60 and like that's it was a whole thing and then i was like i'm gonna go to grad school and then i applied to one place and i was like if i get in i'm going and if not then something else and then i got in and i was like well i guess this is the trajectory now i guess i'll just take this weird acceptance as this <laughs> tiny school no one has heard of that won't change my life at all i'll do them a favor and grace myself with okay. i think you need to like understand okay. that the steinhardt school of education which is where my program was music technology the mm-hmm. sexiest of all graduate mm-hmm. programs mm-hmm. what you're thinking of is like Tish, you're thinking of Stern. Yeah. You're thinking of places where memories are made. Yeah. Steinhardt is where nightmares are made. Okay. You know, it's a Why? different it's a different thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Still hard as fuck to get into. This is like someone sitting across from me being like, well, I got into Harvard because, you know, it's just the the, the degree that I have doesn't really matter. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I Well, we can. We could. We should do this off the mic. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you are teaching children. You freak out. Yeah. You, so at 22, then you come to L.A.? When does, when does L.A. music <sighs> No, I come to. I'm, I'm still in Tacoma. By the way, the school is called Annie Wright. They are incredible. It's like pre-kindergarten all the way up through senior in high school and do they love they must have loved you because we, we just had a fucking party time. time all the time and it yeah. was it was a boarding school for the high school Ooh, kids and it was God. all it was all girls freshmen through senior and uh it was just it was really lovely and it was so picturesque it was gorgeous it was like this, m- this huge grand building brick building overlooking the puget sound it was like an insane it was an insane school it was wow. great yeah okay so you do that but you freak out. You come to so then when when does so you go to you go to NYU? Yes. Then do you is is directly from NYU to come to LA? Yes. 
Okay. Yes. Did you get customer service jobs when you first came out here? No. Oh, you didn't? No. Did you already have your company at that point? Yeah. Well, yeah. why am I interviewing you? Oh, you've had to have uh, so much hard work at customer service. Yeah. Successful business yeah. at 22. Yeah, yeah. You? Well, yeah, I would say most things fell right into my lap. It was really quite easy. Well, um, how easy I didn't have to white. work really okay. at all. <laughs> um, okay. So, so your favorite is Blockbuster. Yeah. What's your least favorite of the now 10, but probably more than that? <laughs> Uh, I would say Porter and Stouts, which is... Why? Well, because it was my first time, like, really working <laughs> in a restaurant. Speak to it, girl. Yeah. Speak on it. Yeah. And the people there were really mean. The cooks were absolute shitheads. Please elaborate on this because people think I'm making this up when I say, if you piss off the cooks <laughs> and you will not even know what you've done, yep. you may have done nothing. Yeah. But if you piss them off... Your life as a server or bartender is f- forget about it. I had no, I had no idea. And my my best friend and I, uh, aka my first girlfriend, <laughs> got this job together. What what happened is like we applied for a job at this like very beautiful fine dining restaurant called the Lobster Shop, right on Ruston Way, right on the water. And they were like, uh oh, absolutely not. But we would Uh-oh. love to ship you to <laughs> way out into a place where you'd never be seen nor heard. Please go there. And we were like, okay. How and good we, does that feel? It felt really, really good. It's a warm hug. Yeah, it felt really good. It was just like this other place that they own called Porter and Stats, which is basically just like. And we also, we walked in there and um, it was such a, everyone had been going there since like 75, you know, and Uh. and everyone was like, why don't you know my order? I want rote for dressing. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. I hate that shit. You know, I come hate on. that shit. Yeah. It's like, and you can tell that I'm new. If you've been coming here since 75, you have never <laughs> seen my face before. Totally. Just tell me. I mean, and they're like, Put the game on. We always watch the game. I was like, what game? What game? And I don't even know where the remote is. There's oh. a lot of logistics that go into this. It was a whole I stressful. that shit. But the cooks, yeah. So I was actually, I was working there, but also working at the radio station at the same time. Ooh, and, you don't like sleep. And I did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was thinking really. but And as soon as they found out that my, my friend and I were working at the radio station and I could get our hands on like t-shirts and cds and shit wow were they so much nicer it was like night and day are you talking about the regulars or the cooks the cooks i'm sorry the cooks so what happened with the cooks initially they were just icing you out because you were new yeah pretty much and i think one time i think one time i asked for like you know like a side of something and they like didn't have it and i was like i don't know something like i pissed them off also like i didn't know what 80 they were like something something's 86 and i was like what does that mean? And that was the wrong question to ask. You know, oh. I just didn't know. Because you're not a lifer. And I think sometimes people get defensive that are lifers in restaurants. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just. I'm um, sure. And to be fair, I was, you know, 20 probably. And I'm sure like a fucking idiot, you know. But also, why is it hard to be nice to new people? I don't get it. Like, I don't. I've been hazed I at would, so many jobs. Dude, I was just talking to my friend about this. It was. We <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what we call it. But yeah, when there's a group of people who, you know, you you go to a party even and they just look up and then they just look back down. I can't even imagine not At, being like, hey, how's it going? Acknowledge it. They're a you fucking know? human in front of you. It right. makes me homicidal. Yeah. <laughs> I want to jump in though quickly because we could keep going forever and ever. And I want to, we're going to pause this episode for right now. We're going to come back next week because uh, there's more stories to tell. And as you know, as a longstanding fan of the podcast, there's more questions to be asked that you already know the answer to. And those are the ones I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, that you've prepped for. Yep. So for now, Joanna, 
how can people see you live? How can people get, do you want people to follow you on the socials? Sure. Okay. Um, Give us all the info. Uh, if you're interested in the podcast that I host with Mo Welch, uh, comedian, com- comedy's Mo Welch, it is, uh, it is um, come out underscore come out on Instagram. What else was I supposed to say? Uh, so your live shows. Oh, my God. Right. Sorry. And then I uh, co-host a live comedy show in Los Angeles with my friend uh, musicians, music's Nico Turner. And that is Hot Goss Comedy LA. And that's once a month, last Wednesday of every month. Okay. Fun time. Okay. So that's how they can find you in LA. Well, folks, we're going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, we'd love to have you subscribe, rate, and or review the show wherever you listen. But you're listening on SiriusXM right now, and we really appreciate that. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind. It will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. If you want to get in touch with us here at Service from Hell directly, send us your receipts. Isn't that clever? Yep. To servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Remember... If you can't afford a tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Thanks for being on, Joanna. Thank you so much for having me. See you all next week for part two. Is this fine? How's this going? Is this fine? It's so good. Okay. Yes, you're doing so good. Am I okay?